Welcome, everyone, to a new episode of The Wealth Principles. I'm your host for today, Charles Danso. I want to welcome those tuning in from YouTube, Spotify, as well as Apple Podcasts. Make sure to like, subscribe to today's episode, as well as future episodes. And for any guests interested in joining The Wealth Principles podcast, make sure to email me directly at charlesdanso12 at gmail.com. Again, that's charlesdanso12 at gmail.com. I look forward to partnering with anybody interested in learning more about any wealth creation principles, as well as learning about your business and or business proposal that you have for the future. Now, let's get started on today's episode. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a new episode of The Wealth Principles. I'm your host for today, Charles Danso. I want to welcome again those tuning in from Apple, Spotify, as well as YouTube. Exciting episode for you today. I'm going to give this about 10 more seconds and we're going to go ahead and get started. Lots to cover today. I'm back, baby. I hope y'all miss me. I'm back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Wealth Principles. I am your host for today again, Charles Danso. For those tuning in from Spotify and Apple, from our sound and also SoundCloud, welcome. As well as those tuning in from the visual aspect of YouTube, again, I want to thank you guys for tuning in to today's episode. So what is today's episode going to consist of? This is something that a lot of us have known about for the last couple of years or even decades, but something we're afraid to discuss amongst our peers, amongst our family, even amongst our loved ones, or the ones we're in a relationship with and or married to. That is credit card debt. This is something that a lot of us deal with, a lot of our, our friends deal with, a lot of our family members. Maybe some you might be privy to, some you might not be. But this is something that is one of the highest debt factors, not even in just this tri-state area, based in New York, New Jersey, but across the globe, it most, most importantly in the United States. And this is what I want to utilize today to discuss. I want to kind of give you guys a history of credit card debt, some statistics, what exactly is credit cards and why exactly do banks love targeting people with bad credit scores? I'm going to get more into that. I'm going to discuss what credit scores exactly are and exactly how to manage your debt and get out of the, the chokehold that banks have on us with credit cards. Now, moving forward, I want to first explain what is a credit card. Now, credit cards is something that is, serves as us from, as a luxury and a convenience rolled into one. Credit cards are marketed to be a more exciting life. I know for those that have credit cards, usually it's a lot easier for us because we can go out to eat we can go on vacation, we can go and, you know, again, just go to the grocery store and utilize our credit card because we think that, yes, the bank is the one paying for it and not us, but there are some underlying factors in there as well. Some statistics on credit cards are around four out of 10 Americans deal in credit card debt. One in 10 expect their debt to outlive them. Just think about that for a second, audience. Four out of 10 Americans are in credit card debt. That means your coworkers, your family, your friends, your, your lovers, 
one out of them or four out of them, excuse me, deals in credit card debt. One out of 10 expect the debt to outlive their own lives. As in, they probably said, you know what? I have so much credit card debt. I don't see myself ever getting out of it. I'm probably going to die and, and pass the debt on to my family members, my kids, etc., etc. That is something we're not going to do. No, we're not doing that, <laughs> audience. So this is what you have to ask yourself this question. Have credit cards really liberated us? And how can we avoid getting screwed? That's why I'm here to help. Moving forward. Now, before I kind of give some 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 stats additionally and how to kind of manage credit card debt so you don't get into that that pitfall i'm going to give a quick history as to how credit cards actually came to be now before credit cards actually started in the united states the process would be someone with extra money lying around would be willing to lend it and which they refer to as creditors and someone else who needs it right now and can pay it back later, that's a debtor. Now, hoping to match them up, however, this causes a high major dilemma, risk. So, where exactly does credit derive from? Where does the term actually derive from? Credit means a loan from the Latin word credere, which basically means trust. So, before credit cards actually started, the term credit itself derives from the Latin word credere, which basically means trust. So if you have good credit or credit, that means that banks can actually trust you. This was the thought process starting off um, when loans started getting distributed from banks as creditors to debtors, which is myself or you that's listening to this episode. Let's move forward. So a brief history, like I mentioned, before credit cards, you would go to your local bank and ask for a loan and you would be judged based on what the bank had as three C's. Capacity, that would be the ability to pay back the loan. An example would be if you owned a hardware grocery store and it had a successful business, that's what they use as the capacity. That's the ability to actually pay back because they saw that you had a business and or a job. So you had income coming in to be able to actually pay back the loans that the banks actually gave out. Now, you also need a capital. That was C number two. That's collateral offered, offered to the bank if you couldn't actually pay back the loan. Now, that would be a savings or assets such as a business, etc., as I kind of detailed earlier. And character, your trustworthiness of the bank. Individuals who would get approved for these loans, the bank would deem them as men of responsibility. Quote, unquote, if you're watching this on YouTube, I put quotations on that. That basically just meant middle class white men. That's not me being racist. That's just a fact. Because back in the 40s, 50s, even 30s, when you wanted to get a loan, a lot of people who had businesses and or lived in middle class neighborhoods were pretty much white men, uh, middle class white men. Those were the only people that banks were actually giving loans out to. No, Nobody of minority, not myself, not you maybe listening to this podcast was able to, not even a woman was able to get a, cre uh, a bank loan, excuse me. It had to be someone that was a male and most likely would be white because like I mentioned, that's usually the individuals that had a status and had the capital or collateral to kind of give back to the bank to pay back the loans that they were asking for. Now, moving forward throughout the decades, 
computers came along, which could and then eventually could collect data on customers. So banks transitioned from hearsay in terms of, hey, hey, Bob, how you doing? Uh, where where do you work? You work at uh butcher's? You own butcher's shop, et cetera, et cetera. Now individuals like myself and and those listening that may not be middle class white men and or even a man altogether was able to now actually get a loan because they actually had data on you thank thankfully to technology so banks again like i mentioned transition from hearsay to data analysis so what does that mean now when the banks was able to collect data on you introduce credit scores this is how credit scores actually started was because of the fact that now banks had data on you they could actually look you up they can see where you work they can see how long you've been working they can see what what do you owe how how much do you owe what have you taken out or are, are, do you have a criminal record etc all these things was piled into one so again credit scores came into play a module design that credit score is a module that was designed to determine how risky it would be to actually lend you money. The only way banks can can judge you with everyone else is still the practice that's performed today. So that basically means again, till till to this day, excuse me, tongue twister, to this day, ladies and gentlemen, we still use credit scores when we're asking for a loan from the bank. That has been going on and that probably will be for some time being. I don't see that changing anytime soon. Now, to kind of break down right how banks kind of measure this, they have something called credit score ranges. So for those that may be listening, you may know what that means. That's a credit score from anywhere from maybe 300 being one the lowest to 800, which is the highest. So anything, banks consider anything or creditors, so to speak, consider anything above 700 as an indicator of good credit. So banks will label you as trustworthy. Anything below a 650, which is pretty much okay, is considered high risk. So banks kind of and, and creditors stay away from you because they're like, ah, I, I don't really know. This person's credit score is not that high. Uh, maybe you know they have maybe they have some debt outstanding. Maybe they have some personal rental issues. Whatever the case is, whatever the situation is. That's when creditors tend to stay away from you. So anything of 700 and above is a good indicator that you're considered trustworthy. This is the term, This is the method that uh, basically banks utilize to kind of uh, send out loans when somebody comes and asks as a debtor. So again, this also, like I kind of highlighted before, would apply to any if you want to live somewhere. Your landlord usually runs a credit check to see if you're trustworthy and if you're good for the money. So again, before you can actually get a place, they'll actually run a credit check on you. They'll see like your background, your history, how are you with payments, um, how 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 much debt do you owe, etc. Factors like that come into play. So if you have a low credit score, it might be a little bit more of a challenge to actually get a place, an apartment for yourself, or even a home. But with a good credit score, like I mentioned, they landlords will tend to be very, very upwards, upbeat to kind of be like, okay, yeah, I, I think this person can actually be able to pay on a monthly basis should I kind of uh, rent this apartment to this individual, so to speak. So it's an easy way to see credit history and if you have a credit card, like I mentioned. All this data has helped more borrowers get credit and creditors make money off them. Now, there are two 
primary fact primary customers that banks actually label us as as debtors people who are asking for loans this is very important audience so I'll give you a little bit of time to get a pen and paper so there are two type of individuals that banks pretty much prospect or label us as for those that go to banks and or even want to just get a loan want to get you know whatever the case is that you're looking for if you're looking to get a house you have to go to a bank they label all of all of us under one one or the other so the first in thing that they label us under and if you're this type of individual is called a transactor a transactor by definition is someone who pays their bills in full every month so let's say that you may purchase a $500 let's say a $500 fridge a fridge is usually more expensive I'm just using that as an example right now $500 and let's say your bill comes the next month and you pay it off automatically the full 500 that's what you're fall under you fall under as a transactor that means as soon as any bills that you owe any debt that you owe you pay it off as soon as the bill comes everything is paid off all in one now number two the alternative to that is somebody that the banks re refer to as a revolver that's someone who carries a balance every month ideally they just make the minimum payment or something around that nature so they tend to carry a balance from month to month that's where most of Americans fall in is a revolver this is who banks love and I'll explain more as to why banks love this these type of individuals as opposed to transactors in a little bit now this these are some stats of the type of transactors and and revolvers in this world 40 percent of Americans are referred to as trans as transactors and ideally that's who you want to be you want to pay your bills off as soon as it comes as soon as whatever you 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 charge your credit card whatever it let's say you go out to dinner and you have you haven't swiped your credit card but let's say your bill comes you pay two hundred dollars and your bill comes the next month you pay that two hundred off and don't even think about it I that's what a transactor is like I mentioned again and that's why ideally you want to be an additional 40% of Americans are, are referred to as revolvers so let's say the same individual maybe has swiped and owes a $200 bill but instead pays the $50 minimum and carries the balance to the following months thereafter that's where you fall in as a revolver and 20% the remaining 20% out of the 80 just don't have a credit card at all so 20% of Americans actually just don't even utilize a credit card at all for whatever reason but again I'll, I'll leave that up to you guys for interpretation so trend moving forward managing credit can seem boring but it's the best tip it's also important to remember you're playing against credit cards they aren't your teammates so credit cards are not your friends ladies and gentlemen take it from somebody that's that, excuse my language fucked up in every sense of the word with credit cards they are not your friend you may think that a credit card is a benefit because again you're using the bank's money quote-unquote I've heard that line so many times but ideally you're really just helping the bank in the long term I'm gonna explain and give some more examples as, as we move forward in this episode but again it's important to know that they are not on your team credit cards are your enemy they are not your friend they're like that shady friend that always throws shots at you and but you know you need to cut them off but but y'all never do but y'all need to because again that that credit cards are just gonna hamper you as you continue down the line into further debt why banks often refer to transactors as tra now banks tend to excuse me 
refer to transactors as debt be as a debt be customer is because banks feel they're not making any money off of these kinds of customers. However, that's not entirely true. Like I did mention that yes, you do want to fall in the line of a transactor as you do pay your bills off as soon as they come in from the monthly bills, but banks have figured out a way to also kind of make money off of transactors. Let me give an example of what that looks like. Let's say every time you swipe a credit card, there is a processing fee charged to the merchant and fees vary from anywhere from two to 4%. Here's how the process basically works. So as let's say you're a transactor, let's say you making pretty good money and I'll utilize some of the wealthy individuals. Let's say banks don't really make money from you, but rather your swipes, like I just mentioned. An example, let's say you have an MX black card that's often used by the wealthy and famous. Let's say you buy a famous artwork for 30 million. I'll use like Jay-Z or somebody. It doesn't even have to be Jay-Z. It could be like your director of the company that you work at. That that person purchases a large artwork for 30 million. And the swipe you swipe it to the Amex card, but there's a 3% merchant fee, meaning that that Amex just pocketed 1 million off of that purchase online alone. So how did, what does that exactly mean? So basically just take 3% of the $30 million purchase of that artwork. That the 3% merchant fee is how much Amex actually makes based on that percentage. And that, and that may not sound like a like it is a lot of money, yes, but think about how many of the rich and, and famous even have Amex cards and utilize them frequently. Or even the people that have general Amex cards and then they tend to swipe them for vacations, for let's say you go out to eat, whatever the case is. That 3% merchant fee, always look at that bill. is how much you're actually paying back to the bank. Doesn't matter whether you pay your bills off fully every single month. Now remember, you still want to be a transactor. Please do not, do not think one way or the other of how I'm trying to explain this. You do want to be a transactor. You want to pay, pay your bills off in full every single month when the bill comes. However, banks still make money off of transactors. How, this is how the game works. This is how fucked up it is, ladies and gentlemen. Because they have sneaked in something called a merchant fee that you have to pay for the swipes that you utilize on your credit cards. That's very important. Moving forward, on, the, on, one, on that one sale, some have even referred to it as a rewards war. Now, there, people usually utilize rewards programs. So remember, with those rewards programs, the more swipes that you utilize on your credit card, the more money for the banks based on the merchant fees that they charge to your credit cards. That's just not Amex cards. That could be a Chase card. That could be a Bank of America card. It could be whatever credit card you utilize. Discover. Everybody charges a merchant fee, and those merchant fees is basically what you're actually paying back to the bank, and that's how they're making money off of you is those fees, additional charge on fees. Now, I mentioned transactors, and I also mentioned revolvers, but there is one person I forgot to mention, and banks hate these type of individuals. They don't like transactors, but they hate these type of individuals, and they refer to these individuals as the hacker. Or, or, or the super user, the super credit card user, as they're sometimes also referred to as. Now, the hacker or the super user uses the bank's tricks against them. 
Now, how does that basically work? Usually, hackers or the super users have anywhere of upwards of 14 different reward credit cards. They and they they avoid add-on fees and never pay interest. Now, why? How are they able to do that? Hackers use credit cards differently for 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 the season they're in and have a category a category spend whether it's travel grocery shopping a night out etc this takes work to stay on top of these things and they must track they must track this continuously all perks are partly paid for by the merchant fees which is why you may often see at stores with a sign saying no amex thank you or cash only Amex, American Express fees are extremely high. Everybody knows that. You should be aware of that even if you don't use an Amex card. That's why a lot of stores don't like using Amex cards. And even when you go to uh, wholesale stores, they don't use Amex cards. It's for the specific reasons. Merchants don't want you to pay these fees at all. Don't want to pay these fees at all. Excuse me. Credit cards don't just cost merchants, but the customers also because stores now have to raise prices on purchases to cover those costs. So it's not coincidence that when you're looking to buy that jacket and you want to use a credit card, etc., that the fees are extremely high or the price seems a lot higher when you go to want to purchase. It's not it's not by coincidence. It's how a lot of these merchants at these stores also are ripping you off because they have to make money on the back end for having to swipe these cards that you're utilizing to make these purchases. And this could even be, like I said, going out to eat. It doesn't have to be necessarily just buying for clothes. It could be eating or even travel. All these companies and banks are making money off of us as a result of these swipes. So again, like I mentioned, uh, also for the for the basic card or debit card or cash users, you're just paying more for and subsidizing the financer cards users along the way. One study even found that cash users are actually giving credit card households over $1,000 each year, which is a transfer of wealth from lower income households to higher income households. Income families or, or, or and lower income families tend to be Revolver's biggest players for credit card companies because of this thing called interest. Now, I discuss audience in terms of hackers, I discussed transactors, I discussed revolvers, the three different categories. I also mentioned to you credit 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 score ranges. I also gave you the history of credit cards, how they came to be, and some statistics on credit cards. Now, this audience is one of the most important things. I, I hope that whoever's listening to this episode or watching this, that you really pay attention to interest. Interest is what really fucks us up with credit cards and purchases altogether is interest. I'm going to explain exactly why that is. Let's go and use an example. Let's say that you buy a fridge for $1,000 and charge it to your credit card. The bill comes back and that $1,000 amount, that is the loan with that you basically got from the bank to make that purchase. Remember, when you swipe a credit card, that is a loan that you're that the bank is giving you. You have to pay that back. Yes, you're using the bank's money, but the the bank is like, yeah, I'm giving you this, but I'm not giving it for you for free. You have to pay me back as a result. So, with that loans comes interest. But say you can't afford to pay it all off that full one thousand dollars. So you're no longer a transactor now. Now 
you move into revolver. Let's say stuff happens, shit happens. Let's say maybe a medical issue comes up, maybe a family issue, whatever the case is. Maybe your car broke down. So that $1,000 initial payment you made, to, you were going to make the following month. Let's say you purchased the fridge in April and you wanted to pay it off full in May. But instead you say, let me pay it off in July or whatever, or June. Now you pay only $500, but there's this little thing called APR or annual percentage rate. With a really good credit score, that could be anywhere from maybe 10 to 12%. But if your credit score isn't as good or as high, that could be as high as 23% with a bad credit score. So the average usually is around 16%, anywhere from 12 to 16%. And the amount compounds daily. So your balance will get higher by the day and when you get your statement. And you will owe, let's say, an additional $13.00. But now you don't just pay for the principal. The principal is the $1,000. Now you also have to pay the interest too, which is the additional $13. So now you have to pay in full $1,013 or $1,000, you know, uh, $1,013. Or you can add $1,000 plus $13. That's $1,013. For them. I'm just giving you guys the breakdown. Excuse the tongue twister. Now... The following month, let's say you still haven't paid it in full. Now that interest doubles. So that $13 now becomes $26. So now you owe $1,026 in full. And by the end of the year, let's say shit happens. Maybe there was a death in the family, etc. So you never got a chance to actually pay it in full. You can Now the year has come to an end. And you can owe as high as $1,100 plus dollars. Or you can owe a $1,173 in total. And that ba that balances carries over. So think about that. You started off with a thousand initially, and now you owe as high as $1,100 plus. Think about how interest fucks is up, ladies and gentlemen. Excuse my language. Now, like I mentioned, there's an interesting stat I also want to read for you guys. Back in 2019 alone. Banks made money off of credit card credit cards totaling 121 billion in just 2019 alone. And the number just keeps getting higher. Let me repeat what I just said. Off of off of customer credit card usage, banks made 121 billion back in 2019 alone and increases as a year progresses. There's a reminder, audience. Credit card companies don't want their customers to pay back all their money in the month. But they don't also want you to never pay you pay them back either. They want you to be kind of in the middle where you make month-to-month -month payments, but you, you never get to that, that finish line that you really want to get to. Because a lot of times, if, if we have one credit card, we tend to have others. We tend to have other debt. We have student loan debt. We have et cetera debt. We, we pay a car note. We have to pay rent or mortgage. So that debt carries over from year to year. And this is how banks make their money is on the interest and the, and the principal and other factors of bad credit scores, et cetera, et cetera. Now, remember, banks also have different tricks. I didn't, I'm going to explain a little bit in depth. I touched on it a little bit earlier, but I'm going to explain more in depth what that basically looks like. You ever got something in the mail that says, make 
they they make you pick their credit card but you haven't got something in the mail that usually is a credit card offer what they do is they send out credit card offers in the mail enticing deals catered to the type of customer you are whether you're a transactor or revolver a person that carries a balance remember by sending us a, a, a sweet introductory offer with no interest for the first year for, from a customer standpoint when you see these rewards you think of free benefits catered to you can travel you can shop you can go out to eat so you think that the things that you can rather you think of the things that you can really rather get now instead of what you have to pay back later now that's just psychology guys again we see a we see a nice introductory we might see it in an email or even in our mail where they say hey make this purchase you don't have to pay this and for these months or year whatever the case is but you always do why because when you swipe they're making money off of you and you still remember a credit card is a loan from the bank is money loaned to you from the bank it is the bank's money you're right but you have to pay it back and they want their money and debt plus interest that's always important to remember audience so the credit card line offered they'll offer you a credit card line like I mentioned but that doesn't mean it's because they think you're good with money no I just highlighted why they what the real the real thinking is for the banks is remember banks rather see this as double the credit line you they double the debt for the for the consumer or the person or that's us those that actually purchase these credit cards or want these credit cards so to speak so remember like i said this is the banks this is their model when they double your credit line they double the debt now these aren't just banks these are also these afterpays these uh affirms all these other things for those of y'all listening and they give y'all y'all making y'all purchases and y'all ain't paying the credit back in full it's not just with the banks with these other online banking shopping banks etc etc and they increase your credit line that's not because they think that you can pay it back it's because they purposely are targeting people that they know that aren't good with money or are always going to be in debt and they're fucking excuse my language they're fucking up our credit scores or your credit scores and they're making money on the back end so be wary of that be a transactor i'm trying to take that advice and like i said because i know i'm speaking to you guys from experience i'm someone that has struggled with paying stuff on time i've carried debt i've 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 done stupid things and i and still i'm still reaping the the my 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 issues that i have with excuse me i'm still reaping what i sow so to speak so my advice i'm speaking to you from experience and i'm i'm taking my own advice by saying pay off all these cre creditors these banks these cre these uh loan loan places etc etc you don't want to carry it a balance because you carrying a balance you're just giving back more money to the banks that are loaning you this money and you're hurting yourself in the long term because this is money. Remember, think of it. Think of it like this: you're going, you're going, working your ass off every Monday through Friday. Some people do Monday through Sunday, and you have a credit card. So basically, the money that you're making with your hard-earned sweat equity, you're just giving it back to somebody else, and they're just capitalizing off of that. So remember, do it in a way where if you do have a credit card, I'm not gonna say don't carry a credit card. Who am I to say that? Like I said. I myself have one and messed up as a result. 
and learning from those mistakes. But like I said, if you're going to get a credit card, make sure you're paying it off in full. And if you know you can't handle it, then hey, then just don't have one altogether. That's just important to note. So like I mentioned, the business model that a lot of these banks follow is they target low credit score customers with what they refer to as low and grow. So the lower your credit score, the more money that they look, a lot of these banks look to make. This is not something I made up. This is really what banks believe. You can, you can ask somebody that works in a lot of these retail banks and they can tell you that they purposely target individuals with bad credit scores that's not by coincidence or people that don't pay their their debt in full that they carry their balance known as revolvers this is a real thing ladies and gentlemen now there is a psychology of spending people are more fearful of paying with cash than a credit card i don't know why that's always been kind of like the general rule my thought process is they think because it's a credit card, so it's money that they're not actually taking out. But remember, I just went through 30 minutes of explaining to you guys that, yes, the, that is the bank's money, but it's a loan from the bank that you still have to pay back. So you're still going to be using your money to pay them back in the long run. So credit just means loan. It doesn't mean that you're actually just utilizing and then you never pay them back. Like you have to pay these individuals back, these banks back. It's important to mention. So let's say you do make a purchase and you get your first bill. You usually will see something that looks like this. Payment due date, let's say it says 423-2023. And you see a new balance that says 800 with a minimum payment of $25. Now they purposely utilize this minimum payment. Why did, what did I just say, audience? Let's say it all together. Because they want us to be revolvers. They want us to be in the middle. So they know that if we see that it says minimum payment, we're most likely going to make that $25 purchase as opposed to the full $800 payback that we need to pay these banks back or these creditors back, so to speak. So remember, do not fall into the trap of paying your minimum payment. You pay the full balance. And if you can't pay the full balance, then you pay half and then just follow it and pay it in full in the two months after. Do not carry it from month to month. That is my advice. That's advice that I'm taking as well, like I said. And if you have such a high credit uh, credit uh, you know, issue, whatever the case is, then there are programs that also you can go to to kind of help you out on this. And I recommend definitely utilizing this. Excuse me. Sorry, guys. I've been talking so much. My, my lips are getting... Lips are getting dry. <laughs> so, like I mentioned, um, it's there for a reason. So, you know how much you must pay. I highlighted that. So, you don't default on your credit card. However, if you have an incentive as customers pay less as they get fixated on one amount, I highlighted that. Now, there is one thing I also want to mention. Uh, companies also provide long, drawn-out contracts, hiding all sorts of penalty fees. Now, usually when we do get a credit card or we do get a loan, they give you a long, like 20-something pager, uh, you know, kind of loan agreement. And a lot of times our credit card agreement, and of course we don't read it because as humans, we just don't have the capacity. I mean, some people, God bless you if you're able to read through 20-something pages in full and highlight what you need to, um, you know, that's on you. And, 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 and I'm actually happy that you can do that. I, I definitely need your help there. So <laughs> if you have that patience, definitely reach out to me. But um, just kind of highlighting a few things that they do highlight in these contracts is you have to pay penalty fees if you pay, 
your credit card statement late. So let's say your due date is 423 and you paid on 424. That's considered late. So your bills that $800 now becomes like 850 or 900 and that minimum payment probably goes from 25 to $50. So that's important to note. Do not pay it late. Always pay it on time. I recommend always paying 2 days before or pay a whole paycheck before your due date. That's always important. Also, transferring a balance to a different card. When you do transfer your balance to a different card, you also pay, pay, have to pay a penalty. That's just what the banks uh, kind of have in their contracts. And also, when you use your credit card at an ATM to get a cash advance, there is a penalty fee associated with that. And your, there will be penalty fees associated with your statement when you get it on a monthly basis. That's Those are the three uh kind of things I kind of want to highlight for you guys. So like I just mentioned, um, to get out of debt, plan to pay off your debt in a year, definitely create a budget. Um, I listen to people like Dave Ramsey, who's definitely helped me out. Um, I've messed up relationships personally with um, ex-girlfriends and friends and even family, you know, that I definitely regret. Um, I come to you, in, to you guys really really not even just speaking to you guys just to educate you but kind of just speaking from personal experience i've went through it all guys trust me um there's things that i know you guys are whoever's listening and watching this definitely don't put yourself in credit card debt it messes up relationships it's mess it just puts stress on you guys myself i've been through it so i'm telling you from experience like i said you ruin a lot of good things around you putting yourself in debt and these banks don't care end of the day because they're just their 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 business so they're there to make their money and go home so it's important to know audience if you do have a credit card if you do have debt on it if you have a balance on it pay it off as soon as possible keep your credit card score high keep your balances low as at zero if possible be a transactor if you can be a hacker congratulations but like i said just don't fall into the revolver trap a lot of us fall into it. Most Americans are in the revolver trap. That's why banks make so much money off of us. Take, let's take our power back. Let's let's utilize our resources as we see fit. They have things like automatic payments. They have things like paying early. That's why they give it. They give you the uh, weeks. They give your statement weeks before because they have to by law. So you're able to look at the balance and. Whether you want to fall into a transact or revolver is really up to you. But like I said, I come to you as someone that's seen the both sides of that equation, more so as a revolver, and has been the worst. So I definitely recommend, and I'm taking my own advice here, and saying that let's all be transactors. Let's all pay off these balances. Let's not give our hard-earned money back to the individuals that are really just looking to make a, a, bank, a buck off of us. Thank you, guys. And uh, again, this is Credit Card Debt Explained. This is the Wealth Principles. Catch us on the next episode, special episode. We're going to give you a succession breakdown. We're going to give you how Logan Roy and the family members basically control Waystar and how it's broken down through the trust. You guys definitely want to check out that episode. As you can see, now it looks like Kendall, if, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, it looks like Kendall is taking the helm. As the next up since Logan Roy has passed if you are a succession fan. So that is also wealth principles because a lot of companies like the Wal the Walmarts, uh, the Rothschilds, individuals like this have, have family businesses where trusts are the Murdochs 
where trusts are associated with them as to who's the next in line, the succession, no pun intended. So definitely recommend listening to that episode. A lot of jewels coming out. But again, make sure you subscribe to today's episode. This is Credit Card Debt Explained. I'm your host for, for today, Charles Danso. I hope you guys have a great week. Remember what we went through today. I hope you guys definitely enjoyed it. If you did, please share with your coworkers, with your friends, family, loved ones, lovers, whoever can benefit from this. I definitely recommend it. Thank you all. Stay safe. And we'll see you on the next episode. Peace.